hello guys so from today we are going to start nephrology and this is the first podcast of nephrology of let's revise mbbs okay so in cbs we started with basics from physiology then we we went on building up on basics okay in nephrology we'll do the other way around we'll start from a nephrologist's perspective and we will imagine that we are in the opd or we are in the hospital and then ne- we are nephrologist and how are we going to see the diseases okay from that perspective we will start so a nephrologist first sees the investigation so investigation are more important in nephrology than history taking an examination okay so for investigations in nephrology there are three main and three basic investigations which can give us a pretty fair and pretty uh, decent idea about what where is the disease and what is the disease so the three basic investigations are usg urine analysis and rfts renal function tests okay so let's start one by one let's start with usg so on usg we basically see two things we see the size of the kidney and we see corticomedullary differentiation okay normal size of the kidney is 10 cm if if on usg we find out that the size is less than 8 cm that mostly means that the patient has ckd and like treatment may not help so we should better plan for transplant okay if the size is normal then uh, then we, we can do further in- investigations then uh, we second thing which we see is corticomedullary differentiation normally it should be present there is we uh, differentiation should be visible if this differentiation is lost again this points out towards ckd okay so now if the size is normal and corticomedullary differentiation is seen then it the kidney can either be normal or if the patient has symptoms of renal disease then it can be aki okay so acute kidney injury so this aki can be prerenal or renal okay in prerenal aki the usg will be normal urine analysis will be normal okay because there and there will be no proteins no blood no hematuria no proteinuria okay if it is prerenal aki if it is renal aki so in renal aki we have three components we have vessels that is vasculature we have glomerulus and we have tubules and interstitium so if it is renal aki any of these three structures can be affected if glomerulus is affected there will be proteinuria massive proteinuria plus 2 plus 3 and there can be hematuria also but in vascular and tubular interstitial the proteinuria is lesser okay it's around mild 1 plus okay and in vascular additionally hypertension will be seen that's how we can differentiate uh, three different types of renal aki if it is post renal aki then on usg we can see hydronephrosis because of obstruction okay so this much idea we can get after usg now coming on to the next investigation which is urine analysis okay so a urine analysis is a it's a group of physical chemical and microscopic tests and so if you see a report of urine analysis there we can see the uh, report under three headings one is visual examination there we get information about color and clarity then there is chemical examination where we come to know about specific gravity ph blood proteins 
and other things like glucose ketones bilirubin and microscopic examination we come to know about rbc's wbc's casts crystals and some bacteria and parasites so let's talk about each of them one by one let's talk about color so normal color of urine is straw colored to colorless okay now uh, various different colors can be seen in different conditions so black color black colored urine is seen in alkaptonuria pink colored urine can be seen in desferoxamine if the patient has consumed desferoxamine if the patient has consumed rifampicin then orange colored urine can be seen red colored urine can be seen if it's hematuria or hemoglobinuria or myoglobinuria in tetracycline overdose yellow colored urine can be seen if the patient has consumed triamterin then green colored urine can be seen and if the patient is on anti malarial drugs like chloroquine quinine or primaquine brown colored urine can be seen so these are the variations in color next coming on to clarity clarity uh, we can either the we can either uh, grade it according to the uh, clarity into clear slightly cloudy cloudy or turbid okay next we have a specific gravity so normal specific gravity of urine is 1.005 to 1.030 okay abnormality can be either hyposthenuria isosthenuria and hypersthenuria okay so specific gravity can be lesser than normal it can be fixed or it can be more than normal so hyposthenuria is less than normal and it can be seen in diabetes insipidus or polydipsia isosthenuria is when the specific gravity of urine is fixed at one particular point now it is fixed at 1.010 okay this happens when the concentrating capacity of the kidney is lost and this is seen in acute tubular necrosis or ckd and hypersthenuria is when there is decreased amount of water and higher amount of solute which is seen in siadh and dehydration next is ph normal ph is 4 to 4.5 if ph is increased it is suggestive of renal tubular acidosis next is blood in urine so if there is blood in urine the urine will be cola colored or red colored so we do dipstick test so in dipstick test there are various chemicals for uh, different substances so for protein there is a different chemical for blood there is different thing so that's how we can identify so when we do dipstick test when we see red colored urine we will do dipstick test this dipstick test can be positive or negative okay if it is positive there can be rbc's in urine or hemoglobin in urine or myoglobin in urine how will we differentiate between these three so we will centrifuge this urine if there were there were rbc's in urine they will settle down and the upper portion of the urine will be clear on the other hand if it is hemoglobin urea or myoglobin urea even if we centrifuge the color will still remain the red color will still remain okay then we will keep that urine sample as it is for 2 to 3 hours okay because the half life of myoglobin is lesser it will de get degraded and the color of urine will become normal it will become color colorless in 2 to 3 hours if it is myoglobin urea if even after 3 to 4 hours the color still remains red then it means that it is hemoglobin urea okay so this was about positive dipstick test if the, if it is negative dipstick test 
and the color is red it means that there is porphyrin in urine right so that, that was about uh, red colored urine or blood in urine next talking about proteinuria now normally less if the protein in urine is less than 150 milligram per day it is considered as normal okay and up to 500 500 milligram it is considered considered as functional proteinuria so functional proteinuria means it is due to excessive exercise or excessive protein intake there is excessive protein loss in urine so up to 500 it is known as functional but normal is up to 150 mg per day if it is more than 500 milligram per day it is considered as significant proteinuria okay more than 3.5 gram per day is nephrotic range proteinuria and more than 4 gram per day is massive proteinuria this is about proteins now if we talk specifically about albumin less than 30 milligram per day is normal 30 to 300 milligram per day of albumin is known as microalbumin urea it is seen in early diabetes, early hypertension or early glomerulonephritis. If it is more than 300 milligram, then it is known as macro, micro, uh, albuminuria, and it is seen in late conditions like late diabetes, late hypertension like that. And if it is more than 2.2 or 2.5 gram per day of albumin, it is known as nephrotic range albuminuria. Okay, it is seen in uh, nephrotic syndromes like uh, minimal change disease, FSGS or membranous glomerulonephritis right so so as we talked that up to 150 milligram protein is normal in urine so this 150 milligram mainly has one protein which is stam horsefall protein which is normal protein which is secreted by the tubules mainly the ascending limb of distal ascending limb of the loop of henle okay so majority of the normal protein in the urine is stam horsefall proteins other proteins that can be seen are iga then beta 2 microglobin and urokinase now protein also routinely we identify by dipstick method but the problem or loophole in this dipstick method is that it only detects albumin okay so other types of proteins like uh, if there is some light chains if the, if the patient is having multiple myeloma and a lot of light chains are being excreted so there will be a lot of protein in the urine but dipstick cannot identify this okay so uh, overflow proteinuria this is called overflow proteinuria if protein other than albumin is excreted in the urine it is known as overflow proteinuria okay and this cannot be detected by dipstick method that's why we need to go for another method which is sulfosalicylic acid method okay now there are other uh, classifications of proteinuria so we can classify it as selective and non-selective selective proteinuria is when only albumin is excreted okay it can be seen in minimal change disease and non-selective proteinuria is when along with albumin other proteins are also secreted excreted in the urine okay the other thing is orthostatic proteinuria so this is a benign conditions it is a benign condition and uh, orthostatic proteinuria is always less than one gram per day and protein increases in urine when the person is standing for a longer time okay and it decreases when the person is lying supine okay and this is a diagnosis of exclusion after you rule out all the other possibilities of proteinuria then we can make a diagnosis of orthostatic proteinuria 
Now how will we differentiate whether the proteinuria is glomerular proteinuria or non-glomerular proteinuria? So if it is glomerular, then the maximum proteins which will be seen in urine is albumin. In non-glomerular, TAM-HOSFOL protein will be maximum. The range will be 2 plus to 3 plus in glomerular. In non-glomerular, it will be 1 plus. Okay. Now albumin to beta to microglobulin ratio. So beta to microglobulin is normally absorbed from the tubules. Okay. So if the tubules are functioning normally, but glomerulus is uh, damaged, then albumin to beta to microglobulin ratio will be higher in glomerular proteinuria. It will be 1000 is to 1. But in non-glomerular proteinuria, albumin is getting uh, albumin is less in urine and further the tubules are damaged that's why the absorption of beta to microglobulin is hampered that's why albumin to beta to microglobulin ratio in non-glomerular proteinuria is 10 is to 1 okay whereas in glomerular it was 1000 is to 1 okay and one more compound which is n-acetylglucosamine if it is present it suggests that the proteinuria is non-glomerular okay so energy NAG present it is non-glomerular proteinuria absent it is glomerular proteinuria so this was about proteinuria now coming on to microscopy so we finished appearance visual appearance and uh, chemical uh, chemical tests now coming on to microscopy in microscopy first we have RBCs so uh, in the microscope if we see and if we find that there are more than three RBCs per high power field and this is seen in more than three occasions then we can label it as significant hematuria okay and if the rbcs are more than 100 per high power field even on one occasion then we can then also we can uh, classify it as significant hematuria now we should also be able to differentiate hematuria whether the hematuria is glomerular hematuria or non glomerular hematuria as we differentiated proteinuria Similarly, we should also be able to differentiate glomerular versus non-glomerular hematuria. So first of all, non-glomerular hematuria is more common. That is urological causes, for example, stones. So this is more common. Glomerular hematuria are less common. So in for uh, to identify whether it is glomerular hyper uh, hematuria or not, there is a rule which is 45-1 rule which is which should be satisfied. So what is 40? That is 40% of the RBCs should be dysmorphic. Okay. What is 5? 5% should be acanthocytes. Acanthocytes means spikes. Like on the surface of RBC, there are thorns or spikes like projection. And one is, even if you see one cast in urine, then that is suggestive of glomerular hematuria. Okay. So that is 45-1 rule. In non-glomerular, we will see isomorphic RBCs. But in glomerular, we will see dysmorphic. So 40% dysmorphic RBCs point towards glomerular hematuria. This was about RBCs. Coming on to WBCs. If we see WBC in urine, if we see more than 5 WBCs in urine per high power field, then uh, it is pyuria. So once we uh, diagnose it as pyuria, then we need to culture the urine and uh, to confirm UTI. If the culture is positive, then that is uh, like we can see the organism and we can treat it accordingly if the culture is negative that is known as sterile pyuria okay 
एंड कॉजेज ऑफ दिस स्टराइल पायूरिया कैन बी टीबी और पार्शली ट्रीटेड यूटीआई और फंगल इन्फेक्शन राइट नाउ कमिंग ऑन टू कास्ट दिस कास्ट इज इम्पॉर्टेंट सो वट इज कास्ट इट इज एक्चुअली अ कलेक्शन और एग्रीगेशन ऑफ सिक्रीटेड प्रोटीन्स मेनली टैम हॉस्फॉल प्रोटीन अलॉन्ग विथ टैम हॉस्फॉल देर आर अदर थिंग्स विच कैन बी अटैच्ड विच कैन बी प्रेजेंट इन द कास्ट ओके सो दिस कास्ट आर फॉर्म वेन द प्रोटीन इंक्रीजेस बट द वॉटर कंटेंट डिक्रीजेस ओके एंड दिस कास्ट आर फॉर्म मेनली इन द डिस्टल कलेक्टिंग ट्यूब्यूल एंड कलेक्टिंग डब now let's talk about types of cast so first is hyaline cast hyaline cast is made up of tam hosphal protein and it is it can be seen in normal individuals also and it can be seen in cases of dehydration when the amount of water decreases and protein increases second is rbc cast rbc cast can be seen in glomerulonephritis or vasculitis wbc cast can be seen in pyelonephritis or in cases of graft rejection then we have epithelial cast epithelial cast is seen in acute interstitial nephritis next we have granular or muddy cast muddy brown cast this muddy brown or granular cast is seen in acute tubular necrosis so because of necrosis we can see muddy brown cast then we have broad cast or waxy cast these are seen in ckd broad cast and waxy cast seen in ckd then we have lipid cast Uh, which are also known as uh, which are visible as maltese cross appearance on microscopy and these are seen in lipiduria and lipiduria is seen in nephrotic syndrome okay and this lipid cast are also seen in fabris disease and the last one which is decoy cell cast it is seen in bk virus nephropathy okay so all these cast name of the cast and the conditions in which they are seen is important next coming on to crystals now crystals now there are various crystals and their respective shapes so calcium oxalate crystals calcium oxalate can be monohydrate or dihydrate so calcium oxalate monohydrate crystals are dumbbell shaped okay and calcium oxalate dihydrate crystal are envelope shaped next we have struvite or triphosphate crystals and they appear as coffin lid so coffin lid appearance is seen in struvite stones or struvite crystals then we have cysteine stones uh, they are, they appear hexagonal in shape uric acid stones appear diamond or rhomboid in shape then crystals of amoxicillin appear like broom okay like broomstick and calcium phosphate stone appear star shaped there is one more uh, crystal due to ciprofloxacin which also appear star shaped but the shape if you see in a microscopy you can differentiate so this was about crystals and with this we complete the urine analysis so we have seen usg we have seen urine analysis coming on to the next investigation which is rfts renal function tests so here we take the blood of the patient and we measure the whatever we measure we do it in serum or blood of the patient in urine analysis we were examining the urine in rfts we examine the blood so what all things we see in blood we see urea creatinine some electrolytes like sodium potassium calcium phosphorus bicarbonates okay and uh, sometimes along with urea blood urea nitrogen can also be given okay so normal uh, range of urea is 15 to 40 mg per dl 
एंड ब्लर यूरिया नाइट्रोजन इज नॉर्मली टेन टू ट्वेंटी टेन टू ट्वेंटी या सो क्रियाटेन एंड क्रियाटेन नॉर्मल रेंज ऑफ क्रियाटेन इज पॉइंट सिक्स टू वन पॉइंट टू इफ इट इज मोर देन दिस देन वी शुड इन्वेस्टिगेट फर्दर समटाइम्स इन आर एफ टीज इफ वी स्पेसिफाई वी कैन ऑल्सो गेट क्लियरेंस रेट्स एंड दिस क्लियरेंस रेट आर यूज टू एस्टिमेट द जी एफ आर ओके सो फॉर एस्टिमेटिंग जी एफ आर वी कैन यूज फोर सब्सटेंसेस इन्यूलिन यूरिया क्रियाटेन एंड सिस्टेटिन सी सो इन्यूलिन इज द बेस्ट इट्स द गोल्ड स्टैंडर्ड वाई बिकॉज इट इज ओनली फिल्टर्ड इट इज नीदर रीअब्जॉर्ब नॉट सिक्रेटेड बट द प्रॉब्लम इज वी नीड टू गिव इन्यूलिन एक्सटर्नली फ्रॉम आउटसाइड ओके दैट्स वाई इट इज नॉट कॉमनली डन बट इट इज द बेस्ट दर अदर थ्री विच वी हैव वी हैव यूरिया क्रियाटेनिन एंड सिस्टेटिन सी सो यूरिया इज फिल्टर्ड बट अलॉन्ग विथ फिल्ट्रेशन इट इज ऑल्सो रीअब्जॉर्ब एंड ऑल्सो सिक्रेटेड क्रियाटेनिन इज फिल्टर्ड एंड स्लाइट अमाउंट ऑफ क्रियाटेन इज ऑल्सो सिक्रेटेड ओके एंड सिस्टेटिन सी सिस्टेटिन सी इज फिल्टर्ड एंड सम अमाउंट इज रीअब्जॉर्ब ओके दैट्स वाई ऑल दिस थ्री कैन गिव अस अ रफ डायग्नोसिस ऑफ रफ एस्टिमेट ऑफ जी एफ आर but we will not get exact okay so our uh, most commonly used is creatinine clearance and uh, we use a formula which is ckd epi formula to calculate the gfr okay depending on creatinine clearance so in ckd epi what what all things we consider is we consider the age of the patient the sex of the patient the ethnicity okay and creatinine so this ckd api is independent of weight of the patient it does not depend on weight okay so these are the three basic investigations talking about some other investigations some extra investigations which are radioisotope scan in radioisotope scan we have dmsa scan dtpa scan and mag3 scan okay dmsa scan so dmsa scan is and all these three scans use technetium 99 okay so dmsa is used to see the structure and see the scarring of the kidney dtpa scan is used for perfusion p for perfusion so and s for scarring so dtpa scan is used for perfusion and gmr gfr estimation okay and mag3 scan now mag3 scan has uh, many advantage over dtpa so the use of dtpa scan is decreasing and now it is only used for gfr calculation for other functional analysis of kidney mag3 scan is used and the uh, final investigation is renal biopsy so after we come to a diagnosis from this three investigation that uh, the problem is in glomerulus so if we see proteinuria if we see hematuria and the proteinuria is and hematuria is suggestive of glomerular pathologies but we don't know exactly what pathology is there we can go for biopsy so renal biopsy is indicated in nephrotic syndrome nephritic syndrome some systemic diseases causing renal dysfunction and Uh, if uh, the patient has renal dysfunction in after renal transplant right so these are the investigations which can be done okay after this so this is the that's that's it about today's podcast from next uh, in the next upcoming podcast we will talk about various syndromes and various we will start with glomerular pathologies and then we will move on to the other things okay till then enjoy and keep studying bye bye